Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Asking Your Wall. Broadcasting from beautiful South Germany. Except no substitutes. Hello and welcome back to Axung Lionesses. It has been a few weeks. It feels like longer, but we are finally out of this second lockdown. Football is back on the horizon. Fans are back in stadiums slowly. And we are back with another Axung Lionesses podcast. I'm the host, Ryan Loftus. And with me, as always, is my trusty steed, Michael Avery. Michael, you was it 12 kilometres today? Aiming for 2.50 in December? I think I think you're off your head, mate. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I, I am the um, I am the Tonto to your Lone Ranger, aren't I? So you're R two D two to your C three PO. But yeah, two two hundred and fifty k for a charity calls, but also to help the lionesses with theirs, which we'll touch on later. But no, great to be back. I'm really, really happy to get the football back going again. And yeah, just yeah, just happy to be recording the pod again. Yeah, I can't wait for it to be back. Both. Uh with fans back in the stadium on the men's side, but also the women's game to be back. And and to be honest, mate, I think you are you have more of the touch of the C-3PO's about you, I've, I've, I've got to admit, for those who've seen Michael in the flesh. But um, on this week's pod, we are joined not by a player or manager, but by the chairman, or not the chairman, sorry, the CEO of the Mill Community Trust, Mr. Sean Daly. Sean, thanks so much for, for coming on. It's going to be great to get some insight into your role, obviously a CEO of the Community Trust, but also the Lionesses. Um, how are you doing? And, and thanks for coming on. No, thanks very much for inviting me. Um, no, doing very well, thank you. Um, the trust is doing well, and like you guys, can't wait to get back in and watch football. The men's and the women's football will be great. Yeah, we have we have spotted you on on the Sky cameras, um, taking some ball boy duties on at the Den. But uh, it will be great to have some games back at St Paul's with the the Lionesses um, back on the pitch. Just wanted to, to jump right in, really, Sean, and, and give us or give the listeners a, a bit of an overview of of your roles. Obviously, your kind of dual roles at, um, at Millwall and, and involvement with the Lionesses, if you could. Yeah, sure. So um, I, I came over to Millwall about uh, April 2018. Uh, been in my past employment for about 20 years in the football industry. I came over just to be in charge of uh, football sports development, really, and sort of develop the schools program. Uh, the R- girls RTC fell under that program as well, and really just to develop that program. Um, sort of within three months of me being there, uh, the current the CEO that I came over uh, left, and sort of in limbo for a while. And then I was put an interim CEO in April two thousand and nineteen, and then they gave me the role in um, October two thousand and nineteen. So we did about a year as CEO. 
um, very much about developing the trust and the club to be known as a big community club and all around inclusivity and equality. And just to put a mark really in South London that uh, we're a great football club and we've got a great community and a great base to build out of. Oh, ex- excellent, Sean. And I mean, I, th- I think you've sort of underplayed slightly what you did before before joining. I mean, if anyone wants to go on the community.org.uk website, you'll see um, that before uh, Sean joined his previous employment, it says here he spent six years working in the MLS in under in America as um, as an under sixteen coach for Tampa Bay Mutiny. You're a qualified A licensed coach, which blimey, a, a lot of coaches at um, at high levels than us wish they had. And you were an FA trip for the last ten years, and you've Works in places like South Africa, China, Spain and Holland, it says here. So this is a bit like having your feet up, Sean, compared to all that travelling, isn't it? <laughs> uh, no, I was, I was very lucky, really. You know, um, <laughs> I, came in, I came into a, a club in South London and uh, sort of worked my way up, got all my coaching badges. I worked at their academy for 20 years. Got to coach some good players that went on to represent England. Um, then I got my A licence and then I was asked to become a tutor as the FA. But I loved it. Um, I've really got a passion about um, people achieving their potential, whether it's in coaching or whether it's in playing. Um, and, and, and really, that's what I've, I've done for sort of 20 odd years. And then I've always wanted to be a CEO of a trust. You know, I, I always say that, you know, I was a number two at a club for ages and I jumped to the opportunity to come to Millwall. I'm a Millwall fan and I always thought that that they didn't do enough in the community or never got the praise enough for what they did. And I planned just to come over and change all that. Um, but one of the things I was involved in at my old employment, and I'm happy to say it was Charlton, um, I helped develop the women's team when it first came over. So it came over as Croydon Ladies. Um, and I spent three years uh, developing it into Charlton's women's team, helping get the RTC for them, and then um, passed it on to the next manager there. So I've got a passion about just helping people to get their full potentials. Mm. That must be um, quite an exciting time, really, to be at the Lionesses and be involved with that side. We'll we'll touch on a bit of the the community trust work that you're you're doing a bit later on. But it'd be good to get an understanding of you know your, your position in the Lionesses. Obviously, gone through a big change in the last couple of years. Um, we spoke just before you came on. Obviously, you came in kind of after the split and the the reestablishment of the club. Um, talk us through how that was, you know, as, as a challenge. Obviously, a new in the role, as, like you said, as a number one, and uh, obviously getting the club to a point where it's really focused on that development and that, you know, helping not just the the players but also the coaches involved grow. Yeah, I mean, the, the Millwall Lioness has got a, a massive history. Uh, and when Steve Cavanagh phoned me up and said, you know, would you be interested in taking the Lionesses under the badge of the Community Trust? I didn't hesitate, you know, we've got a, an RTC, which is now a girls' academy with under-12s, under-14s, under-16s. There's got to be a pathway for those girls. And what, why would we want to put all that work and develop those young players at a young age of 14s and 16s and then ship them out to other clubs and let the clubs have that potential player? Mm-hmm. So I jumped at it straight away and I said to Steve, for us, it's a great pathway. Um, I am very much about giving opportunities for people in our catchment areas, you know, in Lewisham and Southwark and Bromley and Kent to play for such established team as the Lionesses. Um, so I wanted to develop that. Um, but we've got a great committee, you know, we've got the supporters club, we've got some infrastructure from the community trust. They've got a great board. 
And the thing now is, can we have some young players that come through and have a passion for that badge of Millwall and to take them further up the league? If anywhere in that time I can help the coaches, but what I don't want to do is, I don't want to be that person who goes in and say, well, I'd like you to coach like that. I'd like you to, to have set it up like that. that. That's not me. But I'd always be there if they needed anything. So if Katie wants to phone me up about anything, I'm happy to um, discuss things with her. But at the end of the day, it's her choice, what players she wants, what she wants to play. I'm just going to be there as a supportive and just try and help the Lionesses have a great experience, you know, using St Paul's and anything I can do by talking to the club to get them, I will. Yeah, you just touched on there about St Paul's and we said before recording just what those facilities are like. And um, it really, really is good for uh, for the Lionesses, you know, to to play in those type of facilities. I mean, we've we've got some... We've got some some good grands in our league, but St Paul's, you know, you think just a couple of years ago, Sean, um, under Lee Birch, um, that was a championship stadium and it still obviously is that calibre and, you know, we've got Fisher that play there as well and also the Millwall Romans. What what, what do you think, just touching on the Lionesses again before we go back to the community, what, what's your what's your overall vision? I know you've spoke about the pathway um, and it's obviously to develop our players, but would it be to see the, to see the girls... Um, you know, back further up that pyramid, you know, how would you feel seeing someone like Katie who work, who works for the community trust is, is a member of staff at, at Millwall as the safeguarding officer, but to see someone there who, you know, she, she's managing, she's managing a really prestigious club for the MCT at a high level. Is that, is that where you'd like it to go eventually? Oh, no, definitely. Um, you know, the, the history of the Lionesses is well known and we, we deserve to be further up the, you know, the pathway it is being the FA. I think it's great for the girls to have a female manager because I think that gives them a great role model because for me to develop um, football programmes for girls within the community, I need girl role models. Um, and the idea would be is that those players would go back and work in local schools and get the local people and the local children to love the Lionesses. My vision is I want them further up. You know, I'd love them to get into the National League. There's a long way to go yet. But we've got the great structure behind it you know we've got a great club we've got a great committee we've got a great venue what we've got as well is a good manager and we've got some girls that have got a passion about playing for football and want to play for the lionesses and you can see that in some of the games they've played lately they've been close games but they've got a passion about wanting to wear that shirt and play for the lionesses so i think you know we could go a long way you know we've got a great infrastructure behind us yeah, definitely. I think I think it's interesting there. Obviously, you've spoken about wanting the the girls at the club to to be role models and for the for them to kind of have that MCT ethos with the work they do and and the the, the sort of um, attitude they put out, not just on the pitch but also in the community. Obviously, there's a a lot of work you're doing at the MCT, which it'd be good to hear a bit about. But one I'd like to pick out, obviously, that you did with the Lionesses was delivering the hot meals. Obviously, at the end of last month. As we're going into the lockdown, I think you know Marcus Rashford's campaign was was getting a lot of um, attention and a lot of backing um, across the country, and and the the lionesses and the MCT kind of chipped in with that as well, delivering hot meals. I wonder if you could tell us a bit about that and a bit about some some of the other you know campaigns that the Mill Community Trust are running, um, not just with the lionesses but more broadly that that a lot of listeners probably won't really notice. Yeah, the um. During the summer, we fed 5,000 children during the summer. We, we sort of made a decision with everything that's gone on with COVID-19 that 
um, the country was in a, a pretty bad place and money would be very tight. Uh, summer, we make a lot of money by having football camps all around the borough of Lewisham and Southwark. Um, but I made a decision with the trustees that I felt that it wasn't right to charge any child to come on a football camp because people haven't got that, that spending money. So we made a decision that we would offer 5,000 places free of charge during the six weeks to get children into activities. Club came forward and said that they would, uh, they would feed every child that came on it. So we got great coverage for it. And, you know, it was probably one of the best things I've ever done because it's really getting into the community and working with deprived young people that would probably never have access to football camps, professional coaching, etc. October came and Mark, the bigger hype about Marcus Rashford and he was trying to get the government to overturn their decision on free school meals. But what people forget about the free school meals is that free school's meals are entitled to someone who's on very low income. If you get a penny more than that low income rate, you're not entitled to free school meals. And they said something that would be like 2,000 children, uh, sorry, 200,000 children in London would miss out, would fall through that loophole. So it got to the Friday and nothing had been changed by Boris. Um, so I made a call to Tom, uh, Tom Gale at the Lionesses and said, look, I've got this idea. I want to do 100 meals a day. Do you reckon you can make it work? He said, give me a couple of hours and come back. And he said, yep, no problem. We'll get the funding, you get it done. And then we just literally got the meals made by the club. It was important now that we found the right people to go to. So we teamed up with some food banks, knowing that families would be going to food banks every day to collect food for children. There'd be hot meals there. So myself and Katie and a couple of lionesses, we went delivering every day, delivering 100 meals a day to the food banks. So very rewarding. Um, and we look like we're going to be doing it again at Christmas and we'll continue doing it as long as the community needs us to do it. And that's, that's great news, Sean. And if, if you're a Millwall fan, even, even though the, the sort of community trust is a slightly different to the Millwall Football Club itself, you know, you can't help but feel like proud of the work that everyone's doing with that Millwall badge. And it's not just, um, it's, it's not just that as well, but for example, the Lionesses as well, they do the... Um, uh, um, they do the work with Be My Eyes now, where we're helping blind people um, at the moment as well, which is a great thing. Slightly separate, obviously, things to do with COVID, but again, it's helping those who, who unfortunately would struggle um, through no fault of their own in day-to-day -day life. Um, but also as well, just some other bits as well, Sean, that um, some of the work we've been doing, even that people don't realise behind the scenes in the sense that, you know, that there's a big game Saturday. So it's our first game back with fans in... Um, in attendance for goodness knows since what what February March time and you know a tweet a tweet went out you know there was a call to arms for help um, internally and it was members of the MCT the supporters club and also you know the members of the Lionesses you know you've got first team players for yes they're further down the pyramid but they are still first team players of a women's football team and they're helping out get them ready for the fans how does how does that make you feel as a CEO? <sighs> That thing I talked about, passion and being want to be part of a team and want to be at Millwall, that, that was just it yesterday. You know, people out there cleaning the seats, moving the crowdies. You know, the Lionesses were out cleaning the car park. They were sweeping the car park out, picking up all the rubbish. But it just shows you how special the club is and how people can just come together all for that power of that badge to get people through that door. I mean, we launched today um, Hospital Heroes. Um, 
where we're going to support the key workers up at the NHS, up at the hospitals. Um, we've got a hope tree where people can donate presents to give to key workers' families. But one of the things we're going to do on the 19th of uh, December is my first year here last year, I, I ran a, a Santa Dash for charity, a children's charity. Um, we can't do that this year because of COVID and getting supporters into that. So we are going to still have a Santa Dash on the 19th, just before the Forest game. And lionesses are going to run from the den up to um, to uh, King's College Hospital. And we're going to give a gift to all the key workers out there, which is going to be a Millwall water bottle, um, because they have trouble bringing in water bottles into the hospitals. But the lionesses are going to, all the whole team are going to run up there, all dressed as blue Santas. And we're hoping we can have Sky come and cover it. But it's just those sort of things. You know, I phoned up Katie and said, look, I can't see the Santa Dash. Any chance the Lioness is doing it? She said, give me a couple of hours and phone me back and said, yeah, no problem, we'll do it. Um, yeah. But it's, it's that sort of thing, you know, you put a call out to someone and it's done. There is no, we've got to jump through hoops and whatever. It's literally, no, we can do that. And that's why, that is why it's so good at the club. Is it's sort of like, any, if any problem comes up, people will just deal with it. You know, we'll, we'll get on with it. No, we can make that work and, and we'll have a go at it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Achtung, Mehlball. We're talking about the great things to do with, um, you know, people obviously coming together and the club coming together, fans, all, all areas of the, the trust and, and mill itself. But um, how, how much has COVID affected um, operations, Sean? I'm not talking about a day-to-day thing of, you know, wearing masks and putting markers down and sanitising, but, you know, how has it affected some of the works? You said that one of the Santa Dashes was called the Santa Dash is cancelled, and that was a really big um, event last year, which a lot of people signed up for. How, so how much of an impact has it had on, on the trust? Uh, 90% of my income uh, went on the 18th of March. Um, so we, we're, we're a charity, but we're not funded. So we literally have to raise our own money. So that would be through hiring out pictures, through going into schools and, and holiday camps and all that. 
on the 18th of March when there was a lockdown, all of that just went straight out the door. Um, you know, the day before, on the 18th of March, on that Saturday, we were due our community day versus Derby. That's right, um, yeah. So, you know, the Lionesses, again, were going to help us with lots of different activities. You know, we had a band. We were, the players were going to wear a one-off kit that had the community scheme on it that we're going to auction off. We would, do the, we would do also a Teddy Sheringham and Tony Cascarino community night they were doing for me. All of that just literally stopped. Um, and our income just fell straight through the, the floor. But what, I, what I've took out of COVID-19 and, and the lockdown was, we've met people that I would have never met before if it wasn't for them. You know, I've met food banks, I've met voluntary services that I would have never met only because we ended up supporting the whole of the community. And so I've took it as a bit of a blessing because I've, I've met new organisations and I've restructured the trust really to become more of a community trust. You know, we've had a lot of you know, people come back and say, you know, you made a thousand calls to the vulnerable, you delivered 5,000 meals, you've, you've delivered over 800 emergency food packs to people. You know, my, my guys were running around delivering medication, helping store PPE. Um, we had we had the Lion Centre be used as a blood donor place during COVID because people couldn't go into hospital because they were scared to go in. So they mm. set up a blood donor. At the, so we are getting back. It's going to take a long journey, but what I've had all the way through this is support from the club. I've never, you know, I haven't gone to them and said, you know, I'm short of money. What I've done is I've managed to say, well, we'll keep afloat and we'll just do what we should, we're here for. We're a community trust, so let's support the community. But we'll be back. We'll, you know, things are looking a bit better and there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I just want people playing football and enjoying themselves. Yeah, and to be fair, to be fair, Sean, I think everyone would, um, you know, agree that even with these ridiculous, uh, ridiculously difficult circumstances, I know we were talking before you came on about the having to liaise with councils and FAs, just trying to get these games back on, the amount of work and we've heard from from Billy Taylor on the on the men's side and how much work's been put in on their side, but you know, you, you you guys have a similar amount of work to be doing. That is, you know, I think uh, almost more worthy than just getting fans back in stadiums. You're you're really supporting people, and I think it's uh, how much how much our own lives have been affected by by COVID. I think it's clear to see that, you know, the hard work that you're putting in. I think it goes a long, long way. But um, I think wanted to wanted to touch maybe to, towards the end just to. Focus back on the pitch. Um, obviously, Lioness is back on this Sunday um, after this second lockdown. Um, how is your assessment? You know, the season so far. Um, Katie's obviously first season, um, first time in charge of a first team. Um, a lot of RTC graduates in the team. Obviously, something that you touched on before. Top of the league, um, going really well and, and improving. I think game by game. I know Michael would agree with that. Um, how, how has it been from your perspective? No, I think it's great. You know, I think it's an honour to have um, the Lionesses playing out at St Paul's. You know, when you when you look at Fisher playing on a Saturday and they get 150 people, and you know Lionesses playing, there's 350 people. You know, there's there's a passion for the fans to see them do well. Um, one of my most important things was that when St Paul's opened back up was to get Fisher back playing, but also to get the Lionesses. They were my main two objectives to get them playing again. Um, and, you know, we went through a lot with the councils to get the risk assessments done, etc. Because I, I, I could see that as such a good season. They needed a, a run of good games. Um, but they've just had a stop-start, haven't they? You know, it's, they've had a game then cancelled, then locked down. 
I think we've got the right person there. I think Katie gets on so well with the girls. She's played herself. She's came through the RTC and gone off and made her name somewhere else and come back. Um, they're, they're, they're developing how we want them to develop. And, and what I've got now is I've got the under-16s at the Girls Academy that we've started are looking at those lionesses saying, that's where I want to be, yeah. which is what you want. You, you want them looking over your shoulder and saying, I'm 16 next week. Will I be able to train with the lionesses? And, and that was one of my things that we were an RTC, but we were governed by the FA of their rules. And some of the rules I, I didn't agree with for development of the girls. Um, I, I think girls should have an opportunity to play up and play down wherever they are at the time. One of their rules was that they would, they would make the decision whether a girl could play up. Well, I see that girl 20 weeks of the year. They see them once. Well, surely I make the decision. So, we mm. made a decision this year that we would we would be in control of our own academy, our own girls' academy. We'll play in the league that we want to play in and we'll develop the girls how we want to develop them. And if we yeah. think they're ready to go up to the Lionesses, they go. Yeah. And, you know, and what is good, we've got Katie coaching the under-16s as well uh, at the girls' academy. So what a pathway that is for them. You know, they've got the, the manager coaching the 16s is going, next week I want you involved in the team. And, you know, like, like I said before, you know, Southwark Council, to have a female team playing out of St Paul's and an LGB team, you know, they should be looking at that straight away. Yeah, definitely. I think that that really echoes what um, Katie's been saying. It's good to see that the ethos runs the whole way through the team. I know um, as we went into lockdown, Katie was keen of getting the, the Lionesses squad to be doing things over Zoom and, you know, in, in distance ways that they could or anything that they could really to to work with the younger players and, and keep it all that, that community kind of um, spirit. It's really good. But um, Michael, how do you see this Sunday going? They're back in action. Tell us a bit about the game and are you going to be there? Yes, I will be making there. Luckily, I'm not running there um, as part of my <laughs> challenge because that's a fair old slog out to East Virgo. I think it's between Colchester and Ipswich because we're uh, we're in that eastern region. But just, just to touch on what Sean says there, obviously... Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm on the committee, and you know, so I have regular communications. Not so much with the first team as such, because I've always sort of left them to get on what they need to do. Um, but I've, I've obviously been in regular contact with people on the committee. We've got our committee group chat where we make sure everyone's okay. And I, I have to say, for for um, for people like Katie and and Nick and Alex and and Greg, they've done tremendously well to keep morale up. I mean, some clubs at our level. You know, not being allowed to train, not being allowed to play, not being allowed to do anything really, um, technically under government guidelines. They could have, a few clubs could have easily said, "Well, we'll see you in four weeks' time." But you know, the fact they're regularly zoom, they're zoom, they they talk regularly, they they check each other's progress um, when it comes to keeping fit, what they're doing. It's yes, we've not been together for four weeks, but we have in spirit. So. I can see it being a really, really good positive result of the weekend. Morale is is high, um, and I can't see um, I can't see why we we can't go to East Burgo and and get and get something. You know, it'd be great to get three points up there, and I can't see why we won't. Yeah, definitely good to get three points and tighten that grip on on the top of the table. You know, build the momentum coming in over Christmas. Hopefully, a lot of games coming in a short run of time and, and get this season not wrapped up, but get the league, you know, in, in a really strong position to go on and win it. Well, um, we'll leave it there. And obviously we'll be back now 
every week bringing you the news from the Lionesses game. So if you have some more players on, we'll definitely have Harry back on as well. I'm sure he'll be ecstatic to get back to the games when he's allowed, Michael A. I guess he's, he's in a period of self-isolation, but hopefully he'll be fighting fit soon and, and be able to join you on the touchline. Yeah, fingers crossed. We wish you well, Harry. I hope all is well, mate. Keep your feet up. You'll be all right. Yeah, fantastic. All right, well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great to hear about you know the work you guys are doing and the work you're doing as a CEO. Um, I, I know a lot of the listeners will appreciate hearing this, the, the behind-the-scenes work, I think, that doesn't really get the coverage it deserves. So it's nice to have that have you on and, and hear about that. Well, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you. No problem. And Michael, thank you for joining me as ever. I will see you soon and speak to you even sooner. Um, listeners, thanks for, for tuning in. I hope you haven't missed us too much, but we will be back with you. And all that is left to say is bye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.